2: Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. over, over, you know. you know. you know. Giants never appeared in the wilderness. Giants only made their appearance when the children of Israel got to Canaan, which means if you got some big stuff that you're facing, that means you're not on the wrong path, but that means you're in the right place at the right. Where the shouters at? I just need some shouters. I could hear somebody saying, ah, oh, Bishop and it don't take all that shouting. Well, then fine. And you can choose not to believe the Bible if you want to. Second Chronicles 20, 20 said, if you believe in the Lord your God, you'd be established. Trust his prophets, you'd prosper. The scripture goes on to say that when they open their mouth and begin to praise, that an ambush was set against their enemies. Your praise will do for you what your intellect cannot. Your praise will do for you who, with your connections, cannot do. Mm-hmm. the I know that's right. Tell them, I know that's right. Y'all ready for the word today? Listen, we are not in a series per se of November, especially if you're new to Harvest. I teach in series because series is the best way to retain information. And, uh, and so if you're here for a particular month and you say, he didn't talk about nothing but that. Well, that's true because we're in a series talking about that for that particular month. Uh, But we are in a November to what? To remember. And God is doing some incredible just bananas, apricots, pineapples, apples, wheat tortillas, guacamole, corn chips, you know, the kind of stuff we can eat. We're in 21 days of seeking God and we're excited about it. Y'all ready for this word? Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is and faith pleases God. I'm, I'm not just a hearer of the word. Shout it out. I am. I am in my land. Hallelujah. One scripture. Go to Genesis chapter 50. We welcome those watching on all of our campuses today. There is a word in the house for you today. Genesis chapter 50, verse number 20, Genesis, Genesis, Gene, the origin and beginning of this particular time that we live. God didn't start at Genesis. He didn't end at Revelation. This is all he wanted us to know. Genesis 50, verse 20. Now, this is a man, you know this man, this is Joseph speaking. And this is Joseph speaking to the very brothers that some years prior had sold them into slavery. Anybody ever been betrayed by folk uh, this is Joseph now speaking to them because Joseph now is the de facto prime minister of Egypt. And his brothers are coming because where they're at, there's a famine. And Jacob, their father, sins and says, go ask your brother, because if he can't do it for you, it can't be done for you. So his brothers come to him and look at verse 20. He says, but as for you, the ones that threw me into the pit, sold me, sold me into slavery. Lied to our father about it. You meant evil against me. (laughs) Now, don't get ghosts and goblins and demons with pitchforks in your mind when you see the word evil. Because the word evil in Hebrew means contrary to. So he says, you were contrary toward me. Let's let's say it another way. You meant to see me decrease. But God, somebody say, "But but God. But God meant it for my good or for my increase watch this, in order to bring it about as it is this day. Well, what's going on this day? The very ones that threw him away were the very ones that needed him before he needed them. And the wonderful thing about Joseph is Joseph could have used that as an opportunity to be mean and negative and get back at them. But Joseph says, you better thank God I'm saved. Because Joseph says, I could treat you the way you treated me and dog you out and treat you bad. But, baby, that's what being a believer in Jesus Christ is all about. I don't have to return evil for evil. He says, it was so that this day, God knew years ago that you were going to need me to be in a position of power and influence. And since God knew that, he allowed it to happen so that this day I would be able to save many people alive or to save many lives. Father, you hear me and you always do. And I pray that as this word is ministered, Father, that you do what you do at every single Harvest Christian Center worship experience. That you tailor make the words that come out of my mouth for people's specific situations. That it would become more than just logos or your logic, but it would become your rhema, which means you are speaking. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. You're speaking right now. And I pray that as believers and non-believers hear this word together, that everyone in this place, at every campus that doesn't know you before this worship experience is over, I declare they shall know you. And we thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. Watch the title because I'm going to throw a little, a little wrench at you. Look at your neighbor say, this is called the Netflix effect. Uh-huh, tell somebody else. Tell somebody else. This is called the Netflix effect. You can be seated. Uh, As I said, we are in a November to remember, and we're seeing God do absolutely incredible things. And today's message is going to encourage people that are having some things go on this month that the truth of the matter is you'd like to forget. Anybody got some stuff that's been that? Okay, good. This is going to be for you. Uh, You've probably heard of the company Netflix. And in the third quarter of this year, Netflix lost 800,000 subscribers due to a poor business decision to raise prices. And even though it was their own bad business decision, that caused the loss, they still exceeded profit projections from $0.95 a share to $1.16 a share, making it one of their best fiscal quarters ever. You you missed the whole crux of the message already. Even though they had lost 800,000 subscribers, they were still able to make a record-setting profit. That's called the Netflix effect. See, let me just help somebody get the point real quick. Even in life when it seems like you're decreasing, I'm here to tell you God has a way of taking the good. Come on here, Romans eight twenty-eight. The bad and the ugly and working those things together and making them come out for your increase. Just your neighbor say, I'm being increased. I'm being increased. And hear me, let me say this so that you get a very good understanding because I don't want there to be any ambiguity as to what increase refers to. It is far greater than money because if you limit your God to being a God that can do stuff with money, you have now limited his power. God is so powerful, he don't even need money to get you what he needs to get you. He's got something far greater. It starts with an F. It's the F word. It's called favor. Favor will take you places that you don't qualify for, that you don't deserve to be Somebody shout, I'm favored. I've dubbed this the Netflix effect because a similar narrative appears in the scriptures with this man named Joseph. It was not Joseph's fault that he was favored by his father. You know his father. His daddy was Jacob, uh, who later became Israel. I love the story of Jacob because Jacob's name literally means to be a supplanter. It literally means to be a trickster, one who's pulling on the leg, one that's pulling on the heel. And one night he has an encounter with Jesus. We know it was Jesus because in the scripture, angels capitalized, which lets us know that it was referring to Jesus. Jesus before you knew him as Jesus. He has an overnight experience where he's wrestling with God. Don't you love it that God won't leave you the way that you are? Because God says to Jacob, I'm not leaving you the way that you are, and I will wrestle with you until I get the best out of you. You ought to be glad you serve a God that won't let you be a nobody, that won't let you stay average. He says, Jacob, I love you too much to allow you to continue life this way. You're a trickster and a liar and a cheat, and I need to turn you into something greater than that. Aren't you glad we don't serve the God of a second chance, but the God of another chance? Because if he was the God of a second chance, we would have ran out of him a long time ago. God says, I'm wrestling with you, Jacob, you supplanter. And matter of fact, the fact when they got done wrestling, God says, you don't even look like anything like you were when you got in here. So I can't even call you Jacob anymore. I got to change your name to Israel. He said, because there's been such a dramatic change in you through thus wrestling. God will take you in a back room somewhere and wrestle with you. But aren't you glad God don't put your business on front street? God will take you back over here and say, now let's work this out. Let's get this together. He did that to Jacob. And Jacob now is married and he he has a son. And his 11th son name is Joseph. And the scripture says that Jacob loves this son so much so that he favors him over the other son. Now, listen to this. This is very important. Jacob was the, uh, or Joseph was the 11th son. Say 11. Now, in biblical numerology, and I want to be very clear here because I don't want you getting weird. Some believers get weird when they get into biblical numerology because they'll do weird stuff. They'll say, well, today is 11, 20, 11. And see, if you add the 11 and 11, and that's 22, and then plus 20, that's 42. c See? See what? No, don't get weird. Touching David said, That's too much. That's too much. Don't be weird with it now. But it is important. It is important. Numbers are important to God. They're so important to God, he wrote a whole book about it. Numbers. Now, literally, he was talking about the census that they had taken throughout those years. But nonetheless, numbers are important to some extent. Jacob is the, or Joseph is the eleventh son to Jacob. Now, watch this. Eleven means imperfect, disorganization, disorder, and chaos. Watch this. Watch this. It was supposed to theoretically be Joseph's life story that his life would be chaotic, disorderly, and imperfect. Watch this. Part of Joseph's experiences in life even mirror our own experiences because at some point we've all had an eleven. We've all had an 11 moment where things are disorderly, things are imperfect, things are chaotic, but what I love about disorder is that that seems to be the thing that attracts God's intervention. What are you talking about? In Genesis, the scripture says that there was darkness over the face of the deep. Darkness was uh, uh, resembling uh, their, the absence of the presence of God, which meant there was disorder. Where was there disorder? Can I, can I teach you for just a moment? Uh, Revelation 12 tells us where there was disorder because in Revelation 12, that's when Christ, uh, uh, God threw satan onto the earth with one third of the angelic host so now who's on the earth in genesis it's satan and the boys so there's disorder there's darkness and what does god do god says now let there be light now he was not talking about literal light because he did not create the moon and the stars until later on in the chapter god was saying let there be order only god can step into chaos and create cosmos And if you got some disorderly stuff going on in your life, I'm here to tell you, God says that's where he likes to get in there and start getting to work and bringing order to things. That's the reason God created Adam. He said, Adam, it's a lot of disorder around here. Now you fix it. Touch your neighbor, say you fix it. There's some stuff that you're waiting on God to do. And God says, I'm waiting on you to do it. I've given you dominion. And like Adam, I'm saying you fix it. We waiting on the Lord. God said, well, I'm waiting on you. Are you still with me? Joseph's life experiences mirror many of the experiences that we have in life. It wasn't Joseph's fault that he had a dream that didn't involve him being a nobody all of his life. All of his brothers, which obviously there was only one that was his inferior, all of his brothers that he was, were his superior, they had uh, relinquished themselves to being nobodies. Now, I don't know anybody that wakes up and says, you know what, I just want to just be average. I don't know anybody that, that says and really means it legitimately. Well, I just want to just have an average life. I, come on, put them up. Come on. Come on. Come, put them up. Can't get nobody to say nothing, huh? Nobody says that. Nobody wants to be average. No, nobody wants to be number two. No, come on, let's tell the truth. The body of Christ is the only place where there's something wrong with wanting to be the best. And that's not Biblical. God made you in his image, and God made you in his likeness. And if anybody should succeed, it ought to be believers. If anybody should do well, it ought to be believers. We serve the Alpha and the Omega, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the beginning and the end. So if anybody's doing well, doggone it, it ought to be us. Joseph says, I'm not going to be a nobody all of my life. And Joseph has two dreams in Genesis 37 and 7 that he told to the wrong people. And it's interesting because Joseph thought he thought these were his brothers. So he thought that they, if anybody would understand, they would. He said, if anybody will get me, it ought to be them. The problem is people that have never seen a dream come to pass in their lives. Have no incentive most often to see you have a dream come to pass in your life. That's why the scripture sets up a powerful principle. It says never let the what? Left hand know what the right hand's doing. What was Jesus teaching? There are some things you got to keep between you and God. And there's some things that you just got to, when you get ready to tell somebody, you got to hold your peace. That's what they used to say. They said, baby, hold your peace. Why? Because there's certain things that when I get them into the atmosphere, Satan now knows how to send resistance my way. And so there's certain things I can't say nothing about because I don't feel like dealing with that kind of resistance. Satan has not the ability to know what you think. He can't know what you think except for what you say. So when you put it out there, he knows how to manifest resistance. And he thought he was going to do that to Joseph. Ooh, we, but he didn't know who he was messing with. He didn't know that Joseph said, if you coming after me, you coming after the wrong one. Where are the radical believers had in the place that say, Satan, if you mess with me, you're messing, mess with my marriage and you're messing with the wrong one. Mess with my children and you're messing with them. You were real radical in the world. All of a sudden, you got saved and you all meek in it. I'm going to ask you again. Where the radical believers at in this place? Not the one. I'm like a bobblehead dog. You knocked me back, but I'm going to get right back up. Be seated. Watch this. Joseph says, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be a nobody all of my life. And Joseph, watch this. The reason. That your teenage years can be so tumultuous is because in those years there's something supernatural that begins to occur. Joseph, the scripture records in Genesis 37, he was 17 when he had his dual dreams. If you look back in your life, there were pivotal moments right around when you were 17.- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I promise you it's the same for your neighbor. Right around there, something happened. You had a baby. You went to school, you did this, you did this, you did this, this happened, you went to this, this, this. something happened in your teenage years that Satan was hoping he would be able to use against you. But he didn't know who you were. He thought you were like the other brothers. He didn't know that you. There was a slavery term. There was a slavery term in the days of slavery. In this country, it, it, it was a phrase, and the phrase said, break him. And what it referred to is the slave masters knew that if they could break the spirit of a man, they could destroy the family, they could destroy everything around him. And so the whole goal was break the man, because if I can break his spirit, if I can make him have no hope, see the scripture says hope doesn't disappoint, so if I can take away his hope, then I can keep him disappointed. So, so the slave masters knew if we can break him, if we can wear him down with thing after thing. And the enemy said, if I can wear them down with trial after trial and betrayal after betrayal and situation after st- if I can break them, then what happens to them in their teenage years, which is supposed to catapult them in their latter years, I'll be able to have them be defeated all of their lives. But I think I got some folk like Alicia Keys that say, I don't know about you, but I'm unbreakable. Okay, I'm trying to do that for my young people. Uh, 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 The God that lives in you has fortified you to make you unbreakable. You're going to go through some storms. You're going to go through some rain. And you're going to go through some hell. But check it out. When you come out of hell, you're going to be licking an ice cream cone. That's why when people tell you go to hell, you ought to tell them, what are you talking about? I've been there. I rode every ride they got up in there. And I came up out of that. Joseph says, Joseph, Joseph, in his teenage years, right around 17, something happened to him. And parents, that's why it's so important that you speak life and to your children, especially your teenagers. Even when they're acting crazy and acting like Freddie and Mikey Myers and Jason and all the rest of them, you gotta lay hands on them and say, I don't care how you acted, but I know that I know that I know that I know that there's greater in you than the way you're living. You gotta sometimes snatch them up. That's what they used to do. Sometimes you gotta snatch them up and say, Son, you will not be some sorry man, you will not be some lazy man, but you but you will be a mighty man of valor. You. Sometimes you got to snatch your daughter up and say, get up off of your back. You're better than that. You are a queen. But Joseph, Joseph didn't have that. Joseph didn't have anybody to tell him anything because one of the dreams involved his parents serving him. And so they were offended at his dream. And what the enemy was hoping is, Joseph, I'm going to be able to break you. Because you have no support from anybody around you. I'm talking to somebody that ought to be in your corner. Joseph, it's you by yourself. Ooh, but Joseph said, greater is something going on on the inside of me. He, he wasn't even a Christian. He was a Hebrew, but it's the same. He said, he said, there's something going on on the inside of me that won't let me quit. The story goes on. Can I tell you the story? Can I tell you the story? The story goes on where Jacob gives Joseph a really nice jacket. He he gives him a really nice jacket. The scripture calls it the tunic of many colors that his brothers stripped from him. It was the only thing that could differentiate Joseph from his other low living brothers. See, you got to be careful. Hear me, hear me, hear me. You ought to walk by yourself rather than walking with folk that want to strip you of your tunic. You didn't hear what I just said. You better learn how to love you some you rather than trying to get other people that ain't never going to be able to understand, comprehend, or love you. Because Joseph's brothers, we don't understand that. Oh, daddy gave you that coat. Hmm. We're going to take the coat. Take the coat. Take it off. And you got to remember, it's 11 of them. And the little short one, because you know it's one younger than the Little short one. Instigating. You know how it's always a little short one that no, they ain't going to really fight. There's always instigating. Maybe, see, you ain't saying that because you was the one that used to do that. You know, they instigated. A little, little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I remember, <laughs> I remember that, it was a guy, his name was Luke Calvin, and, 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 and where, I, where I grew up. And, and, and he was the smallest little thing, probably about this, still about this tall. And I ain't talking because, you know. <laughs> but anyway, it feels good to be taller than somebody, you know. And so, <laughs> and he was the main instigator. I mean, starting for, with everybody, just coming to this what. So you know a little bit was instigating. Take his coat. We're going to take the only thing that makes him unique and the only thing that makes him different because they could not stand the fact that somebody around them was challenging their mediocrity. See, when you're a believer, that's a kingdom believer. What's a kingdom believer? Well, we're not dying to get over there. The scripture says we're trying to bring over there, down here. Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done when? In earth as it is in heaven, which means I'm not dying to get to heaven. I'm living to bring heaven here. That's the Bible. That's what Jesus preached. Everybody got your bags packed, ready to go. You need to unpack them. We got some time. How do you know? Because heaven ain't here yet. Because there's still sickness. There's still homelessness. There's still homelessness. He says, "He says I'm not going to be nothing all of my life. And his, 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 his above-average thinking, he didn't have nothing. They were mad at him for what he thought. Now, if they were that angry at him when he didn't have nothing, just imagine once the dream started to manifest in his life. See, when you're a believer that knows who you are and knows whose you are, you don't have to be arrogant about it. You don't have to be prideful about it. You don't have to be haughty about it. But you can be confident in it. And that confidence will scare away folk, people, situations, and things that have not dealt with that before. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone because I can't, y'all don't seem to understand that. His brothers then sell him into slavery and lie to their father Jacob or Israel to say that he was devoured by a wild beast. Joseph eventually makes his way as a slave in the house of a powerful military leader named Potiphar. Say that, Potiphar. Potiphar eventually makes Joseph the overseer of his entire household. (laughs) No, Wait a minute. He's a slave, but he becomes the head slave in Potiphar's home, to where now, even though he's one of them, He's telling them where to come, where to go, how to sit, what to do. Whoa, What? whoa, 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 watch this, watch this. <laughs> Things are looking up for Joseph because he's thinking, look, I got this promotion. I'm the head slave. He's thinking, I'm going to buy me another coat. So he's, he's looking in the magazine. You know, if they had internet, he was on Amazon.com searching for the best price. He's thinking, I'm going to get me a tunic. And look, this one got extra lamb on the side. Got some, got some sheep fur around that. He, he, he's thinking because they didn't have automobiles obviously in that day. But in the Hebrew culture, they had donkeys, and donkeys represented fine luxury automobiles. So he's looking in Donkeys Digest, thinking, "Whoo, look at that one! Man, I'm be able to get that one right there. That's only ten shekels too. Look, that one got an extra hump on it, and got a sunroof. They put the." T- Joseph's thinking, things are looking up for me. Have you ever been in a point in life where things are really looking up and then all of a sudden a bomb gets dropped on you? And that's what happened to Joseph because the scripture says Joseph was a good-looking man and Potiphar's wife tries to lie with Joseph and he refuses so she sets him up. He refuses to lie with her so she lies on him. How scandalous. It was like a Lifetime movie on Saturday afternoon. It was scandalous. I mean, it was full of scandal. And it, I mean, it was just amazing. She had a piece of his clothes, and she took some photos and tried to set it up and sent them over to TMZ and all of this and, and media takeout and all that. She was trying to set Joseph up. And naturally, Potiphar believed his wife, and, and Potiphar says, Joseph, Joe, you got to get out of here. And he's thrown into prison. Things were looking up the day before. And all of a sudden now, everything that was looking good, bombs dropped. He's thrown into prison, but watch this, not just any prison. He's thrown into the king's prison. (laughs) I I, I, I got something to introduce to you. It's called a paradox. Watch this. It's all bad because he's in prison, but at the same time, simultaneously, it's all good got a paradox because we have two conflicting statements that do not equal the same thing while joseph is in prison god fixes it so he's not thrown into anybody's prison but he's thrown into the king's prison why because god knew i got some people in this prison that i need you to meet and connect with because i'm going to take you the shortcut way to the palace see i'm going to tell you in situations in your life that look bad i need to tell you something it's really all good It may look all bad that they laid you off, but baby, you're going to meet somebody in your journey. It's really all good. Let somebody say, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. In prison, oh, my God, Joseph becomes the warden of the prison while being a prisoner himself. Now, put yourself in a 21st century context. That's not happening. He's a prisoner. Got it? And the the, the chief of the prison decides, Joe, Joseph, Joey, little Joe. You're doing such a great job that I'm going to make you the warden over the rest of the prisoners. Only God can step into something bad. I wish I had a church. Only God can step into something bad. And yet, make it all good. Joseph becomes the war. and I could imagine one of the prisoners, you know, thinking, thinking something's wrong with you. Look, Joe, I know you got your promotion, and you're you know how people, people, the humility police, that never check their own pride, but are always making sure they're looking out for somebody else's, because they're spiritual. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All right, now I would know. All right, to you. Can't believe it. What's this? All right, Joe, you got your promotion, but listen, I'll turn the lights out when I'm ready to turn the lights out. I'm gonna go eat when I'm ready to go eat. See, 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 see. They, 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 they were trying to break him. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were trying to, they were trying to, they were trying to take this opportunity that God had used to promote Joseph to be a way to put him in a greater prison called the prison of pleasing people. Preach. Uh-huh. So, so what happens is, when your focus turns off of pleasing Jesus into trying to please folks, that can I tell you, you're never going to be able to please them anyhow. I parenthetically inserted that into the text to give you a proper uh, look at it. Now watch this. Joseph, while he's in prison, begins to interpret James. His the interpretation of dreams for him was his outlet since his dreams weren't yet realized. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Scripture teaches a powerful pre- uh, 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 principle. It says, who would trust you with your own unless you've been faithful to that of another man's? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So Joseph said, since my dream isn't coming to pass quite yet, rather than sitting here with a sour puss, negative, negative, Bad attitude. See, I'm sick of bad attitude believers. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, be delivered from that. Be delivered from that. In the country, we used to have a name for them. We called them assassinators. Now, what does that mean? I don't quite know, other than I see the latter part of the word assassinator. So, assassinator, you know, carry the two, add the three. You got it? We call them assassinators. Negative people we call them assassinators. People that would say stuff that they had no business saying and would run their mouth, we call them assassinators because they weren't doing nothing but assassinating. That's country. I don't expect y'all to get with me. That's okay. That's okay. You get it on the way home. You get on and watch, you're gonna be saying it all week too. You're gonna go to work there. That's just assassinator. <laughs> you're gonna be trying to get it out of your vocation. That Dr. Foreman and mess you up. We'll be talking country all week. Thanksgiving, your family gonna be like, you know you don't talk like that. Where you get that from? Joseph could have had a bad attitude. Joseph, I got this dream. Can you interpret? No, I ain't interpreting your dream. God ain't made mine come to pass. Why should I do anything to help you? And that, my friend, is why your thing hadn't come to pass. Because God says, I'm trying to give you an opportunity to make somebody else's come to pass. But you got a negative attitude. Your attitude does, in fact, determine your altitude. See, some people have been in the valley. and They've been in the valley of the shadow of death for a long time. They about dead. And the reason is, is because while they're walking through the valley, they didn't read the rest of the scripture. I'll fear no evil. Why? Because thy rod and thy staff, that comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What was David really saying? I got to have a good attitude while I'm walking through this. So when they came and said, Joe, we got this dream for you to interpret. Joseph said, since I can't bring mine to pass, I'm going to do everything in my power to bring yours to pass. Because what I make happen for others, God will make happen for me. Are you hearing me? While you're waiting on your dream to manifest, you got, manifest, you got one assignment and that's to help somebody else's to bring theirs to pass. One of the men that Joseph interprets the dream form just about through is the chief butler to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh uh, tells, uh, or uh, this chief butler tells Pharaoh about Joseph. It's really simple because in those days, in that culture, when you disappointed the king, there was no disciplinary action forms. There were no write-ups. There was no pink slips. No, no, no. The king would just put you in prison or he'd have you executed. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Wasn't no grace and mercy and kindness and give me another chance. Give me, give me one more chance. No, one no other chances. What there was is, is you got thrown into prison. And so the but chief butler says to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, while you were angry at me and your anger was hot at me, he says, I met a man in your prison whose name was Joseph. And Joseph was able to interpret our dreams, and his dreams, his interpretation came to pass. He says, if you bring Joseph out of prison and bring him into your palace and let him stand in your presence, I guarantee you, sir, that he will interpret your dream. And he'll do it with excellence. See, the scripture always refers to Joseph as a a man of excellence. Watch this. He says, Okay, bring Joseph in. Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams. And Pharaoh was so impressed with Joseph that he says, I'm going to make you second in command only to me. And I'll only be greater than you by the fact that I'm Pharaoh and I sit on the throne. You you missed the progression. Slavery to head slave. Prison to warden at a prison. He's in front of Pharaoh, and now Pharaoh says, I'm going to make you the de facto prime minister. He says, nobody shall so much as lift a hand in all of Egypt except at your word. And can I tell you something? Pharaoh wasn't a believer, which means God says, I'll use people that aren't even Christians. I wish I had some folk that had ever been favored in here. I have got the heart of the king in my hand, and I'll turn it whichever way I desire. Pharaoh says, matter of fact, Joe, I like you so much. He gives him linen clo- linen clothing. He gives him a, a a gold chain. He gives him a signet ring, which is significant of the Pharaoh's power and authority. And he says, nobody's not only going to lift a hand in Egypt, but I'm going to make them treat you, Joe, the way they have to treat me. So everywhere Joseph went, one of Joseph's servants went before him and said, the prime minister is coming. Bow the knee. You, you're getting it. The day before, okay, one somebody get it, front row got it. The day before, he was in the prison giving orders to prisoners. But one moment of favor is better than a lifetime of labor because on Sunday, he was in prison, but on Monday, Balviny. I'm here to tell you, if you'll celebrate for Joseph, you can have your own Joseph moment. Something may not be working for you today, but by, to, by this time tomorrow. Come here, 2 Kings chapter 7. Be seated. Watch this. I noticed something important in Joseph's life throughout the entire narrative. That no matter how bad the situation Joseph found himself in, The Bible keeps saying things like the Lord was with Joseph, a slave, a prisoner, betrayed by his own blood. But the Lord was with Joseph. Throughout the whole narrative, the scripture keeps referring to Joseph as a successful man. Which means evidently the way God defines success is not the way American culture defines success. Maybe God says having success ain't having a million dollars in the bank. Maybe God says it's giving a million dollars away. See, come on here, Genesis 12. I bless you that you would be the... See, when you graduate the kingdom thinking, you're not trying to get a blessing. You realize that you are the blessing. He says, he says, the scripture says, And Joseph found favor. Prison? A slave? But the Lord found favor with him. The scripture says the Lord made him to prosper in all that he set his hand to. Yet he's a prisoner. Yet he's locked up. Yet he's going through things. We have a bit of a conundrum here. We have a bit of a a heavy problem here. And let me explain to you why. Names were important in the Hebrew culture and they are still to this day because when you were speaking someone's name, you were not just, hey, girl, come in here. No, you were speaking to their future. That's why I've said it a million times. I'll say it a million times more. You need to know what your name means. And hear me, parents, stop naming your children all these compound names. Now say amen because I can't get no examples because I don't want to offend the innocent or the guilty. It's Sunday. I want to be nice. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm being facetious to an extent, but I'm serious. Don't be naming your kids all that you don't even know what it means. And you putting together words, but well, this means nice car and this means that ain't stop all that. You need to know what those names mean. Watch this because every time you call their name, you're not saying their name, you're saying what their name means. That's why in scripture you see the man Jabez, and years ago it was the hot ticket item in the body of Christ, the prayer of Jabez, the prayer of Jabez. oh Lord, that you would enlarge me, increase my territory. Well, Jabez's name, his mama named him Pain. So time, come here, Pain. That's what she was saying. She wasn't saying Jabez. She was saying pain. That's why you need to know what your name means because every time somebody calls you by your name, they are speaking what your name means. And here's the thing. Joseph's name had a very significant meaning that ties together what we're talking about. What are we talking about? The Netflix effect. Mm -hmm. Joseph's name means, watch this, the Lord continues to increase me. Okay, evidently, y'all couldn't hear me, so rewind. Joseph, every time, watch this, even his brothers that hated him, even his father and mother that didn't believe in him, every time they said his name, they were saying, but God's going to increase you. God had set it up so they didn't even know While they were trying to curse him. Jesus, they were really blessing him. The Lord continues to increase me. Why do you need the word continue there? Because even when it looks like I'm decreasing, come on here, Netflix effect. Even when it looks like I'm going down, even though it looks like the divorce is coming, even despite the family trouble, even despite the money problems, even despite being locked up, the Lord continues to. I wish you'd touch somebody and say, your name is Joseph. I wish you tell him that. The Lord continues to increase you. Even when it looks like you're declining, you're being set up for increase. Eventually, eventually, those two dreams Joseph had come to pass many years later. Now, here's what I need you to understand. Say many years later. Here's what I need you to say. Habakkuk gives us a powerful lesson. It says, Though the vision, write the vision, make it plain. Watch this. Though it tarry, you know it, wait on it. But then, but then, it gets all oxymoronical on us. Because th- that's a word. Then it says, and some of y'all tell me, I earned mine. Anyway, so uh, then it says, <laughs> then it says, but it won't tarry. You, you, you didn't hear me because you laughing. Write the vision, make it plain. So that he who reads it can run with what? Endurance. Though it tarry, wait on it. Then it says, it won't tarry. Now we got a bit of a problem here. Tarry just means take a long time. Just to keep it real simple for you. It won't take a long time. But it's going to take a long time. Check out what the scripture was trying to get you to understand. The moment you prayed for it. It was done spiritually. It ain't tarrying. But it's gonna take some time for it to manifest in the natural. Why? Because there's some stuff you got to go through so that when it does manifest, you won't be able to lose what manifests. And you didn't hear what I just said. You didn't hear. Oh, come here, Daniel. I hear Daniel saying, when you prayed for it, Daniel, 21 days ago. If you on this 21-day journey with us, you ought to shout it right there. The scripture says, Daniel, when you prayed for it 21 days ago, it was done. It didn't tarry. But it took us 21 days to beat up on the prince of Persia. There was some evil stuff and some negative stuff and some stuff we had to break through in order to get here. But the moment you prayed for it, it was done. It just took 21 days. I'm here to tell somebody. This ain't for everybody, but it is for somebody. And if it's your word, you better get this in your spirit. The moment you made the petition 20 days ago, this is for somebody, you only got one day left. Don't you throw in the towel now when you only got one day Say many years later comes to pass for Joseph. He, he, hear me. Joseph, while he's going through this, he has two children. He has two sons. Say two sons. He has two sons. And these 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 are, are, are the points. These are the points for you. The first son that Joseph has, his name is Manasseh. Now this is important because because we're talking about the Netflix effect. We're talking about that even when it looks like you're decreasing and can I be honest sometimes it don't look that way, it's just the truth. It ain't no well, it, 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 false evidence appearing real. That's the, You need to quit saying that. That ain't nowhere in the Bible. That stuff is there. You ain't saying nothing to me. The devil is a lie. Sometimes he tell the truth though. Sometimes he tell the truth. That's there. There certain, see, see, what you can't do is deny the existence of a thing. You just deny the power of the thing over the God you serve. So I'm not denying that that's there. I'm just telling you, I don't care. See, they, they, they may say we're laying off. And you say, I, 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 I'm not denying that y'all are going to do that. I'm just telling you, I don't care. Why? Because you were never my source in the first place, you were a resource. First son Joseph has, Manasseh. Now, remember, I told you names are very important. Names mean a lot in Scripture. And Manasseh, watch this, because God says, if you can get Manasseh, I'll get you to the second thing. Remember, he had two sons. First son's name, what is his name? Here's what his name means. The Lord has made me forget. <sighs> forget. What is it I need to forget? If you can forget your limitations... If you can forget the pain of your past, but not the lessons, if you can forget the fear that you developed because you had some unmet expectations in your past, then God says, I got a second child for you. See, there's stuff that you can go through that can be so traumatic. And and when you look back over it, people say, remember when something just happened? You're like, I... See, see, see! remember the verse we read, Genesis, and the brothers were there, and he says, what you meant for evil. Notice he didn't go into details about it because the Lord made him forget. He just says, you meant something against me, but the truth is, I'm so blessed. I don't even have time to be stressed out about that. I don't even remember exactly what you did. I think it had something to do with a coat, but baby, I got a closet full of coats now. You need one. first son and that got closet full up and I ain't gonna do you how you did me you can take it I got plenty more where that come from since I didn't get bitter against you I just learned how to get better from you see the scripture says stuff like that heaps hot coals I leave that alone he says forget the pain Joseph of your yesterday. Forget the pain of it. But don't you ever forget the lesson. When you go through hell, you make it pay you. A lot of people, I just, I just forgive and forget. That's not in the Bible. Okay. He forgives, he forgets. I'm trying to be like him. I'm not like him quite yet. No, 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 no. Because A lot of Christians do stuff in the name of God, but baby, you just got to forgive and forget. That is not in the scriptures. Not as a command for you and I. We're supposed to forgive, forget the pain, remember the lesson. Because wouldn't it be foolish if you forgive and forgot the lesson and now you got to repeat the same class. That's where a lot of Christians live. But you ought to be glad you're in a place like Harvest that's going to teach you the word so you ain't got to keep walking around that same mountain for 40 years. But you can take your 40-year journey and turn it into 11 days. I'm through. Manasseh then he says, I'll give you your second son, Ephraim. Ephraim means, watch this, double fruitful. There's a lot of cliches that come up through the body of Christ and people will say things and some of them not in scripture. People will say things like, well, you know, uh, uh, when praises go up, blessings come down. Yeah, that's not in scripture. You know, it's, it's a nice thing to say, but it's, it's not in here. When obedience goes up, the blessing stays down. Uh-huh. I don't need a miracle because I walk in the blessing. But, but, but there's other things. There was another cliche some years ago. It says, God will give you double. Now, now that, even though it's not in the scripture verbatim, it is in scripture in practice. God says, Joseph, if you can have Manasseh, forget the pain. You got a reason to be mad. You got a reason to be upset. But I need you to be bigger than that. Because if you can forget that and forget the limitations. Because see, imagine being in prison thinking this is as far as my life going to go. Well, if this is all God has, then okay. But God says, I got something for you called Ephraim. Well, watch this. It's God's dream for your life. You got a dream for your life. But God says, I can always dream a bigger dream for you. I can always give you. I'm the God of Ephesians 3.20 who does exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. He says, watch this, and I'm through. If you can have Manasseh, I'll give you Ephraim. Check it out. Remember Joseph? We didn't go into the detail, but Joseph's dreams that his brothers would come before him and serve him. And and one of the specifics of it was that they would have to bow before him. (laughs) Isn't that funny? You're approaching the prime minister. Bow the knee. See, it's not an issue of if. What God says is going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And if you don't get stuck in time. Joseph's dream was that his mother and father and brothers would serve him. That was his dream. That's what he had dreamed. Not because he wanted to be, or he had illusions of grandeur. That was just what the dream was. But remember, God says, I'll give you what? Ephraim, double fruitful. My dream for your life. Joseph's dream was that his family would serve him. He never imagined in a million years that the whole nation Okay, y'all didn't hear me. He never thought to himself that the whole nation would be coming to him to serve him. And here he is, a Hebrew leading in a pagan nation. And all of the unbelievers got to come to him. All the believers got to come to him. And do you know something? Joseph, out of the entire children of Israel, you remember when they came out of Egypt, they were 2 million plus. Got it? So we're right now at the end of Genesis, beginning of Exodus, because when Joseph died, another Pharaoh rose in the land, and he didn't know about Joseph. He didn't know nothing about a covenant. Remember, he dealt with the children of Israel shrewdly, made them slaves. But when they left Egypt, watch this, Joseph, was the only one from that generation outside of Joshua and Caleb that got to go into the promised land. You may say, wait a minute, did he live to be 200? Mm, Watch this. They took Joseph's bones. I'll talk to this side of the church because maybe y'all read the Bible over here. They took Joseph's bones with them into the promised land. So it was 2 million and a half people. That went into the promised land. God said, Joseph, when I favor you, even when you're dead, you're still favored. Stand on your feet. Father, seal this.